passed judgment on him for his not doing what God told him to do, which was completely wipe out the Amalekites. Then the Samuel gives what is a poem, a prayer, maybe a song or something, because he says back in verse 22, he says, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to heed than the fat of rams. For it says this, for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness as the as iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has rejected you from being king. Now in this passage here, um, I, I want you to notice that uh, that the Samuel said that he takes three ideas here, or four really, rebellion, stubbornness, witchcraft, and idolatry and relates all four of them together with each other. They are related together. Uh, he states them like that they are exactly the same. So if I am being rebellious against the Lord, I am being idol worshiping and practicing witchcraft. He puts them all in the same category. If my heart is stubborn towards the Lord, I immediately move over into the idolatrous witchcraft crowd. Uh, and uh, so um, he, he relates those four concepts together in this passage of scripture here. So uh, I would go on and maybe talk some here because I firmly believe that in America, uh, even some a little bit in the church, but America's newest religion uh, or, or the most fastest growing religion in America is actually witchcraft and different forms of witchcraft that are going on. And, uh, and um, humanism is the intellectual branch of, of witchcraft in my opinion, but, uh, but um, and still a form of witchcraft and idolatry. But witchcraft is something that God condemns, and for him to say this to, um, uh, to Saul was to make a point to him that his rebellion and his stubbornness was related to the same level that in the Old Testament you would have been stoned for. If you practice witchcraft, uh, you were to be executed. If you practiced open idolatry of worship of the Asteros and the Baals and the, and the Molechs of the Old Testament, then you were to be executed for doing so. So idolatry isn't a little sin in God's mind or his heart. It's the first part of the Ten Commandments. The first two verses of the Ten Commandments speak of that idea. And the um, and he says here that idolatry is like witchcraft. So when we practice idolatry, we actually are literally worshiping Satan. Okay, We think we're worshiping the idol, whether it's a hobby, a car, an idea, a person, or something else that we're actually giving glory to, and we're making them bigger than God. We actually end up by doing that. We, by default, begin to practice Satan worship. Now, we're going to go over to Psalms 106, verse 36 here, so bear with me. Just flip with me over, and I'm using my... Thompson Chain Reference Bible that I'm really enjoying, but Psalm uh, chapter uh, uh, Psalm 106 verse 36 says, "And they served their idols, which became a snare to them." Now I want to make the point that when we talk about um, um, idol worship, that idol worship uh, it becomes a snare. Okay, 
Uh, it is something that begins to destroy our lives and it begins to take us over. So we at first begin to serve the idol and it gives us something we believe. And then the idol begins to take over our life and begins to destroy us. And one of the things I noticed about um, any idol worship that I participated in my life, that those idols eventually begin to hurt my life. Um, that, um, that uh, as somebody said about alcoholism, first the man takes the drink, um, and then the drink takes the drink, and then the drink takes the man. Um, I have been involved in substance abuse counseling over the years, and uh, so that's a, a phrase from Alcoholics Anonymous, I believe, Father Martin, I believe, said that phrase. But um, eventually the, you, the man takes the drink, and, um, and he starts drinking because he gets something out of it, but eventually the drink takes over the man so that he gets nothing out of it, and he's a slave to it. So that's exactly what happens with idol worship. And idol worship becomes something that becomes a snare to our soul. Now, um, we, uh, we'll talk more about this later, but you know the problem is with idol worship is often we don't even know that we're participating in it. We think we're going along doing fine worshiping God. In fact, one of the first phases of Israel is Israel would turn back to a complete worship of God. Then they'd begin to let idols sneak in their life, and they would continue to worship God. And then the worship of God would totally go away as they would go through the end of their cycle of um, repentance and service to the Lord, and then backsliding, and then, and then judgment. Um, and then apostasy, basically, and then judgment. They go through that cycle over and over again. And so uh, the um, idol worship begins to uh, subtly begins to take over a little bit at a time. We're not aware that it's taking its toll on our life until it is too late. And so that's what we need God Holy Spirit for, because we need the Holy Spirit to teach us and to tell us about what's going on in our lives so that we can... Um, so that we can know that there's something that has become more important than to us than God. Now, let's review a little bit. Remember that idol worship is a, um, is a person, place, thing, or idea that is magnified as greater than God in our life. And we're using it to, in a sense, um, um, serve ourselves. An idol doesn't serve anybody else. An idol is about self and uh, so we can tell that we're participating in idol worship if we have any, any action or thought or with our money or our time or our thinking or whatever, what we tend to think about and to meditate on and give our, our heart to, what we talk about will tell a lot about what our idols are. Okay? I think especially the talk of our mouth will tell what our idols are. But we do need the Holy Spirit to be able to speak to us to show us what idols are in our life. Now, I'm going to say this again. We've got a bunch of other points that we're going to go through here in future lessons. But until we are willing to church, the world is doing exactly what the world does. Okay? The world is going to worship idols. That's what they do. They're going to participate in either intentional or unintentional witch witchcraft. Um, a pastor online said one time that uh, witchcraft is the religion of fallen man, and I think that that's probably a good um, a good uh, assessment. Fallen man participates in witchcraft on a lot of different levels, but um, the world is going to do that. Okay, that's what the world does. Until they are delivered from their bondage, that's what the world does. But we as Christians, though, should not be participating in idol worship. We should always be in a place of repentance that we don't allow anything to become more important than God in our life. 
and you're not a very aware Christian if you believe that you haven't participated in idol worship, because I think we can move into idol worship very quickly and very easily in our lives, very quickly. And so we need to have our hearts where we're looking at the Lord and we're, and we're asking him to help us with that. So let's just close in prayer here of this lesson here, talking about idol worship being equal to witchcraft and being a snare in our lives. Um, Father, thank you for all you do and for all of your many, many blessings. And we ask you that you would give us your grace and mercy and peace. Uh, God, Holy Spirit, speak into our hearts and, and, and illuminate our hearts so that we can see anything in there that has become more important to you. Uh, and that is what we slip away from. As the song says, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it, prone to leave the God I love. And that's so easy for us to do, Father. So, God, Holy Spirit, please look into our hearts, shine your light into our lives so that we can repent. And I pray that you would just help us to have that repentance. Thank you for all you do. In Jesus' name, amen. I forgot to say that um, the reason the church needs the church can never have a revival until we get rid of the idols that are in our lives. We can never have revival until we get rid of the idols that are in our lives. Okay, so... That's why this subject is important to me as a subject to study. God bless you. Uh, we'll be back on here again to talk about idol worship for a few more sessions. Um, and um, we will uh, talk about its importance in our, uh, in our lives and, uh, and the importance of repenting from idol worship and how it affects our lives in a negative way. Remember, God loves you. Remember, we love you um, in this ministry. And God loves you even more. Um, and you have a great week. Uh, this uh, now is getting close to the second week of January almost. God bless you, and I hope you have a great evening.